Kimberly. <laughs> it's good to have you here, girl. Thank you. I hope you noticed <clears throat> one of the things that touches us about music, especially a great vocalist, is the power that comes through their voice. And did you notice that when she brought it down there, when she brought it down, the power was no less because it was quieter and softer. And uh, that is a, a demonstration in the material world of what we do with power on the inside. No? Thank you for giving us that demonstration of power through your voice and uh, reminding us of that potential, that untapped sometimes potential that's in us all the time. But I, I digress. I'm not here to sound like Napoleon Hill or Zig Ziglar or Tony Robbins, although there might be a little bit of something in there. But um, When I was in ministerial school, my Bible teacher, and you may have heard me tell this story before, my Bible teacher, Frank Judice, was one of the, the best. And uh, we had, at that time, the way the school was structured, we had uh, licensing and ordination teams that were ministers in the field that would come and review us four times through our training. And um, we were expected to know not only the material that we'd been taught, but also to demonstrate a ministerial consciousness, which is a, a subjective, intangible, um, that is important and requires discernment on the part of the people that were you know, reviewing us. And later on, I served on that team for about nine years to uh, review ministerial candidates as they were coming through. But one day after uh, we students had had our LNO um, session, Frank came into class, he came in, he sat his stuff down, I'm not going to bang on the podium here, but he sat his stuff down, he said, listen, I need to talk to you all about what you're doing during L&O. And when Frank said that, we were like, oh, okay, <laughs> what have we done? He said, I see some of you sitting outside your rooms, getting ready to go into your panel, and you're sitting there meditating and you're all peaceful and quiet and in that other realm. Stop doing that. <laughs> we were like, what? but why? And he said, that kind of meditation is perfect when you, need to, uh, when you need to calm yourself, when you need to center yourself, when you need to receive. But when you go into those panels, you want a different kind of power inside you. You want your wits about you. You want your mind to be sharp. You want to be able to speak with truth and power when you are before those people. So if you're going to meditate, do the kind of meditation that brings everything into clear focus. Well, we hadn't thought about it that way. Because we were so used to, you know, well, it's time to meditate, Om, and we'd just go into it. You know, like, you've got to close your eyes, you've got to, you know, do mudras, you've got to do something. And he was teaching us that our power for those panels was coming from a place down in here, all the way up to here, and out through our mouths. 
And that's a whole different kind of focus in meditation. I love that idea. That's why you'll see me sometimes before the service. I, I'm, I'm not totally sociable before I speak, but I'm also not uh, like zoned out, you know, where I have to kind of find my feet when I stand up. What I learned from Frank then was to take the power that, that, that I've been given, that I've been called to in this vocation, and to bring it into a clear focus so that when I speak with you, it's from that place where all the parts of me are working, hopefully, at their highest level. That's what it's about. So today when we look at the power of power, We've got 12 powers here. We're looking at things that work in conjunction with each other always. But when we focus on a single power, it's for us to look at the attributes of that power, magnify them, use them, understand them better, so that we are people that are, that are working holistically with every gift that we've been given, every gift. So, if you've noticed in the world today, there seems to be a little bit of dissent and discord. A little bit. Dissent and discord. I would like to think that the amount of discord that we're seeing is equally balanced by the need for there to be different voices in the world. We talked about this a little bit yesterday in our wise women group. We are, we're seeing a changing of the guard. And it's not very uh, orderly to all appearances. It has a lot of chaos. It has a lot of, it has a lot of uh, sadness in it, a lot of fear in it, a lot of craziness in it. But that's what happens, isn't it, when things are shifting like this? Everything's a little bit off balance. What I am seeing are groups of people who have not been able to express their power over decades, generations, centuries, rising up with their powerful voices. And as those voices rise up that have been suppressed, that have been pushed down, that have been uh, uh, left in the dark. As those voices rise up, dissenting voices are going to get louder. You understand? So, so we're looking at the voices of um, indigenous people who have been uh, co-opted and mistreated. We're looking at the LGBTQ community. We are looking at uh, people of color, all colors, we're looking at uh, women in a, in a society that's mostly patriarchal. We're, and that's just a few. And so we are seeing good news, more powerful voices rising up. Now, there is, a, a, the way this translates to our lives is that there's also, in the midst of that, uh, 
a misuse of power. So, do you remember when you were in your 20s? Way back in your 20s, when you'd started your career and you were no longer under the uh, direct influence of your parents, and they were kind of dumb, <laughs> you know, you had, you had the stuff figured out. I almost said something I shouldn't have said. <laughs> I mean, we all had it all figured out, Right. And so we were kind of uh, going chest forward through the world because we had it figured out. Watch out, world, here I come, because now I'm smart. And y'all are dumb, and y'all are old, and uh, we're going to make a new world. And so there's a whole lot of uh, misuse of power because it hasn't yet found its refinement. It hasn't yet found its balance. It hasn't yet found how to, um, how to use wisdom that has been discarded in conjunction with a newfound life. And so then life kind of punches at us a little bit. And somewhere around 30, we go, oh, oh okay. Uh, it's not what I thought. And I don't know when my parents got smarter. I don't know. I'm really proud of them because they, you know, I don't know. Maybe I've been a good influence on them. There's still a little bit of that. That they're now kind of caught up to the world a little bit. Oy. I'm waiting for that moment at my house. Yeah, good luck with that, right? And then we, we move along through the seasons of our lives and we begin to discover where we've misused our power, where we've not yet used our power. And you know how, do you know how it sounds to you when you have a very strong feeling about something and you express it very strongly and it feels like it's coming from about here up? And you look, those are the words you speak that you look back later and go, oh, I wish I'd said that differently. I wish I'd done that differently. Because it's from about here up. I'm going to talk about the body a lot today. And we say words we can't take back. And we hear words that uh, we want them to take back. And we can pummel people with those words. We can pummel people with those actions. Even now. But there is a power that lives in us deeply that depending on which modality you're looking at, the seven chakras, the 12 powers, the colors, the tones, it can start from deep down like at the very base of your body. It can also be a power that's centered at the back of your tongue. Isn't that interesting? That those seem to be the two places where the power centers are focused. Am I kind of on the track there, Jan? So that would indicate that before something comes out of this mouth, it needs to come from deep down in that base. 
And that's what our spiritual practice is about. Is to listen to a power that's greater than our conditioning, that's greater than the messages we've been taught, that's greater than who we think we should be in order for them to think about us a certain way. Oh, my Lord, that's exhausting. You know? So we have to, uh, we have to get down deep. I did a meditation yesterday with our women that I, I found very powerful for myself because there's a way that we can think of our, our, our trunk, this part of our body here, like a French press for coffee. We also learned about this uh, in my, when I was riding horses. The best way to have a good solid seat on a horse is to put that French press all the way down, sit down in that horse. And it takes all this power and focuses it where your body needs to have it in order to stay seated on a horse, no matter what the horse does. So if you think about your body as a French press, I want you to just imagine right now that French press slowly, powerfully compressing all the way down to this part of your body. And notice how your breathing deepens to support that. I mean, this is where a lot of stuff happens in the body, right? If we go down into that, that bowl, that bowl of our torso, reproductive organs, elimination organs, there's a lot of activity going on there. We'd better be grounded in it. And that's what Frank was teaching us. Get yourself grounded in your wisdom. Get yourself grounded in your power. Get yourself grounded in your ability to communicate and think clearly. So, so just imagine this in your body all the way down. French press, press down. Notice how I'm standing with my feet hip, hip width apart, knees slightly flexed, kind of tucking things in. Whew, powerful. Because a lot of times we walk around in our lives and we're not that. You see? Boy, I'm powerful now. <laughs> you know? Let's, let's be strong in what we've been given. Now, that does not mean tough. That does not mean impenetrable. That does not mean unyielding. Although those might be the side effects of your power to stand where you need to stand, to yield where you need to yield, to be unyielding where you are taking a stand for something. But we've been given this gift and we just kind of fling it around, not knowing exactly what to do with it. So if we use our power without wisdom, then we're bullies. Yeah? Not y'all. Not... <laughs> Not this gathered body here. None of you online. But you know what it looks like. And you'll notice that a lot of times bullies aren't using their other powers either. They're not using the power of love or the power of, of godly strength. 
uh, and equally as, as, as damaging to us is not using our power at all. Deciding that we don't have it. Deciding like, oh, I, I'm strong and powerful in all these areas of my life, but not this one. I don't have that. But we do. The spiritual attribute of power is for everyone. It's for our children. It's for our, our elders. It's for all of us. If you look at the stories that touch us the most, they're stories where power is used wisely and for good. It's, uh, it's stories of, um, um, let's take Samson. The story of Samson in the Bible is his hair was the symbol of his strength. But Samson discovered that when he needed it, even when his, uh, his hair was cut off by a conniving woman, <laughs> oh my gosh, when he needed that power, he had it. And that symbol of his strength was no longer necessary. The strength itself, the power itself was enough. When Arthur pulled the sword out of the stone, the strongest person had not been able to do that, physically strong. But Arthur had a power, a rightful power that allowed him to pull the sword from the stone. We love those stories, don't we? It's not just because they're heroes. It's not just because, wow. It's because we identify with that. We know. We know when our power is good and strong. Now, how do we put this to practical use? We clean up our relationships, for starters. And we do whatever it takes to make sure that we are, we are as clear as we can be in our relationships so that our power is being used wisely, not for manipulation, not to get our way, not to make the other one smaller, and not to make us smaller. We look at our power in our daily activities. Where will we bring our best selves into the world? Where will we stand strong for someone who believes that they're not strong enough? What causes and actions will we stand behind with our power in order to make the world a better place? What shall we do? Where shall we use our voice, not in anger, but in power and wisdom? And let me just add a little caution there. Anger is not bad. Anger is, is the fire that starts when power and passion are used correctly. You understand. It's not a damaging anger. It's an anger that, that motivates and fuels action. And here's what's 
the best part of all this, none of us have to do this alone. You know what it's like when we all pray with each other. Uh, at least for me, after many, many, many years of meditation and prayer, it's always so powerful when we're doing it together. Yes? I mean, there is a collective momentum that happens. There's a collective depth. And it's the same with our individual power as we come together to be a power with each other. We can accomplish things that are beyond our imagination. We can accomplish things that we alone might not have been able to think of, but once we join together consciously and purposefully with each other, with our powers combined, then we're about authentic change in the world, authentic change locally and globally. That's what's beautiful. And I, and I will still come back to this. I know there are many people who will never come into a spiritual community because they feel more comfortable doing it on their own. And, there are, and I am understanding of that. But I have also witnessed over decades how powerful we are when we come together. How the, the energy is, is exponentially greater when we are combined. And that's what a spiritual community is for. So that we give uh, what we can of ourselves for the greater good. That way, when we are in a spot that's tough, we have banked up goodwill already. We've banked up some energy to be supported. I know that you have done that for me. Where under my own power, I felt like I could not do it. But because of your prayers, your support, your energy, I was able to do the impossible. So today, we're having our annual meeting after the service, after you get to have some lunch, right here, provided to you. We're going to come together and, and join our power and our wisdom and our love and all these other powers that you see here, our faith, we're going to join all these things together to make a powerful determination about what 2023 is going to look like and beyond. So if you ever think that you don't make a difference, energetically you always do. Always. You don't have to say a word. You don't have to vote if you don't want to. <laughs> but your presence and your collective energy is what allows us to move forward and to have momentum and to have faith in the future because we are together. So maybe now, more than ever, it's no accident that the Daily Word that was written months and months and months ago just coincides with our being together today and having this meeting in a very important year for our church. 
And I say our church because you will always be part of me and I will always be part of you. That is never anything that could be uh, severed by walls or distance or time. You see, we are already, we are already entwined with each other in the best way. What we're doing today is just paying more attention to it, putting our focus there. You know how when you, you, you decide you're going to be grateful and then you find more things to be grateful for and then more stuff shows up and then you're... <laughs> so much abundance we can hardly stand it. <laughs> That's what we do with our power with each other. Why don't we meditate on that for a moment? I know you're sitting, but I want you to imagine that your feet are firmly planted, anchored to the earth, rooted in the mother, and be that French press. Let your breath deepen. Feel that power sink all the way down to your seat. Just feel that energy. Imagine that between your hips is a deep, resonant bowl. Powerful, potent, necessary, gifted to you. Just keep breathing into that. Breathe into it. Let your body memory work to hear the tones of the bowl that Jan played for us earlier. And as you dwell there, in that deep richness of yourself, of your body, of your spirit, contain that energy and let it build. Give it a test. See what your true power feels like. It transcends anything that was ever done to you. It transcends your idea of your limitations. It is ancient and eternal. Stay present with your body. Let's practice not going off into the universe somewhere. Let's dwell in the universe that exists within us. 
Breathe. Let your body feel how good it is for this energy to move. And let's infuse the bowl of your being with even more power coming in through the, the crown of your head. So that within you is limitless power. The power of spirit dwells in us right now. It activates and energizes every cell. It clears away the fog and the spider webs in our minds. It lends clarity and strength to our voices. It gives purpose to our hands and our feet. This power that you're experiencing right now heals you, heals you. You are a child of God and you inherit good. And breathe. And now for practice, open your eyes. And I want you to continue to breathe into that depth of you. Practice what it feels like to have that power active in you right now, in the world, eyes open. And so it is. Amen.